My name is Francis Patorti. I'm the father of Matthew Patorti. I'm Cheryl Patorti. I'm Matthew's mother. I'm Matthew Batorti, and my parents are Francis and Cheryl Batorti. Um, I grew up in a small town in New York State, about 4,000 people. I have an older sister. Um, she's two years older than I am. She graduated high school and went to a Catholic university in Rochester, New York. And then when I graduated high school, I went to a Jesuit university in Boston. And then I uh, spent a year volunteering in Sudan with the Salesian priests and nuns in, uh, in El Abed, Sudan. And then I moved to New York City where I went to Fordham, which is a Jesuit law school in New York City. My occupation is the co-owner of Petorti's Broadway Market. I said it's our family business. It's been there 86 years. I've had it since 1973. I've run it. I, before that, I worked as a child in there my, for my aunt and uncle and my grandmother. I work at our store. Um, when we got married, my husband and I, um, I came to work for him, with him. It was his family's business. He was the third generation to own the business. So uh, I came after I went to college, came home, and now I'm in the store. Growing up, our, our house was the house that everybody came to, that everybody congregated at after a basketball game on a Friday night or um, after, and now even when I'm home visiting my family, after mass, we go to the Saturday vigil, after mass people come over for wine and cheese and crackers. And so it's, it's always been a house that's been full of life and full of energy. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just really, it was really a fantastic place to grow up. I came out to myself the, my last year of university. Um, it was the fall semester. And uh, I knew, though, that when I finally accepted it for myself, that the first people I wanted to tell were my parents. Growing up in a small town, you quickly learn that um, news travels quickly. So I wanted to make sure that they heard it from me, and I wanted to do it in person. So I had to wait probably about four or five weeks before the next time I was home, I went home for Thanksgiving. And I decided that I would tell them then. So it was my, the first night back in my house for Thanksgiving break from, from school. And we were sitting down with, I was just with my parents. We were having dinner. We went the first course and I couldn't say anything. I was too nervous. Then we had the second course and I was still too nervous. So then finally, as we were finishing dessert, I knew that the moment had come. So uh, I, and my parents knew that something was bothering me. They, they could tell and we had talked a little bit about it that something was wrong. And so I, I said, when there was no more time left, I said, there, you know there's something I have to tell you. And my father leaned back in his chair and said, you're going to tell us you're gay, right? And I said, yes. And I was so relieved because at that point, I couldn't even say the word gay. It was so hard for me to say that. So for someone else to, to say it and to take that pressure off of me was, was uh, quite a relief. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about it. Um, they both hugged me. Um, my mother cried a little bit, but I, she did so because I think, and what she said then was, you know, I want you to be happy. And uh, I appreciated the, all of that. You know, it, I think it, for a lot of people, coming out to, to your family can be difficult, and uh, the reactions can be hard. And um, thankfully, I was in a place, and my parents were in a place where um, we could all um, acknowledge it and continue to love each other. Well, I mean, we knew something was wrong. Um, 
four or five weeks prior to him coming home from school for that Thanksgiving break, he would call. We talked to him on the telephone, like we talked almost every day anyway, but there was just always there was something wrong. We knew there was something wrong, and we tried to talk to him about it. You know, what's the problem? And he just, he obviously didn't want to tell us that way. And we were both concerned about what's going on with Matthew because it was never like him to be like that. And so um, he said, when I come home, you know, we'll talk about it. So when he did come home, and he told, you know, right before he came home, actually, my husband had said to me, I think when Matthew comes home, he's going to tell us he's gay. And I'm like, no. I mean, I don't know. I just never had given that a thought in my mind whatsoever, not even considered, such, considered it. And so when my husband said that to me, I'm like, there's no way. And he goes, I'm going to tell you that's what he's going to tell us. And so I did, you know, I, did, I think I even almost, almost brushed that off. I'm like, he's not going to tell us that. But when he did, <clears throat> um, I mean, I don't have a problem with him being gay. I think at first I was more concerned for him. Um, you hear a lot of negative reaction from people in, <clears throat> in, the, in society. Um, you know, they can be mean, they can be bullying, they can be hurtful. And I never wanted that, would never want that for him, to someone to treat him like that because he is gay. Um, I think as a mother, that was my, cons my biggest concern. Um, I didn't even stop to think about, you know, being Catholic and that aspect of it. That was never a concern. Um, we, I've always loved Matthew unconditionally. And as a parent, that was always, and maybe made it some more of a mother thing. You always love your children unconditionally. And so when he did tell us, I think I, I cried because I was happy that he told us and that he took that pressure off himself of having to tell us. And I also was like concerned that he would always be happy and always be safe. And, uh, but you know, I love him unconditionally and I don't care whether he's pink with white polka dots. I'm gonna love him no matter what. So. Um, I just think it's, it was healthy for all of us to have that conversation. And I think when, when Matthew told us he came out, um, <clears throat> I said, Matt, I've known this for two years, <laughs> that you were gay. But I said he had to find out for himself. And my biggest concern with Matthew being gay is our religion. Because I know how faithful we were to the church. And, you know, once, and I know our church does not, does not accept gay people or, or the gay act of being gay. And if he said to me, Dad, I have to leave the Catholic Church because they don't accept me, I would say, Matthew, I understand completely. You, know, you have to do where if you can go to a church that loves you and, take, and, and respects you, that's what you need to do. We went to Mass every week as a family. We did everything that we were supposed to do. But we didn't necessarily delve into deep conversations about what the Catholic Church said or did or what faith was for us. It was, uh, you know, it was a private faith. You know, we did all of these things together, but we didn't necessarily talk about it. And what's interesting to me is that I think that uh, my coming out, at least for me, actually helped me deepen my faith, uh, explore my faith in a way that I probably wouldn't otherwise had I not come out. Because suddenly I was faced with 
something that I found to be in uh, conflict with the Catholic Church. So then I really had to discern and evaluate and figure out what all of this meant. Um, and it's something that I've thought about and I've struggled with. And I think now it's probably something we talk more about our Catholic faith vis-a-vis -vis sexuality than we do probably anything else, while still continuing to go to church and do all of the things we're supposed to do um, and that we want to do, but also now kind of on a, a deeper level. I think it's made me stop and look at the Catholic faith. I never really had given it much thought before, this aspect of it, because it didn't, had never affected me in any way personally. Um, but now that it has, uh, I kind of, think why why are they judgmental you know I know it's their teachings but at the same time you know my belief is God taught us to love one another he didn't say love one another because you're this kind of person or that kind of person it was to love one another and we should be accepting of everyone and if the church doesn't change that I think they're going to lose a lot of a lot more people I love my faith. I've always believed to be a very faithful person. I've always been a Christian, and there are many wonderful aspects to the Catholic faith. And, but this one, this, this one particular part that affects me personally, I think the church really needs to consider because it's not only me personally, there's a large number of people in the whole world this affects. So, I think um, the church really needs to look at this. And I agree with her 100%. I said, I love our, our mass. The mass is super. I love going to church. I send, I'm in the choir. I sing with the church. But some of the teachings need to be changed. I mean, they need to update themselves. And I hate to say that. And they say, well, we, you know, it's been 2,000 years and we've been surviving. Well, now it's t I think it's time to change. I really do. I'm fortunate to live now in New York City where I have a choice about the type of parish that I attend. And I also am very fortunate that I found a parish community that I find to be very welcoming, very loving, very non-judgmental, um, and very progressive. And that's important to me. Um, and to be completely honest, uh, if this parish didn't exist, I don't know if I would continue to go to a Catholic church because I think the Catholic Church's message to sexual minorities and about sexual ethics does more harm than anything. And I have a, a real struggle with associating myself with an institution or a body who I think is doing damage. And so because I found a church at a very local level that I think welcomes people, um, that's how I can continue to practice my faith but I'm very intentional about how I present as Catholic, how I identify as Catholic, where the money that I give to the church goes because I want it to go to support work that I think is, that supports the, the message of Catholicism, which I view as um, love and non-judgment and, and being welcoming. But when I go back to this, this small town and uh, to visit my family, and we go to church as we did as, when I was a child every, every Saturday Vigil Mass, it's not that I don't feel welcome there, but I feel a little hesitant. I'm always a little more cognizant of the fact that I'm gay because I don't know a lot of the people anymore, or I don't know the priest, and I don't know what the priest thinks of me. And it's not, that, that parish has not created an environment that I feel completely welcomed in. And that, that's, that's hard because you want to be able to go to mass 
and not have to think about anything else other than the fact that you're at Mass. I think the, the, for me, the underlying message of Catholicism is love. And that is why I stay part of the church, even though I continue to struggle and question a lot of the things that the church does. I think the church is right on so many things, on social justice, on solidarity, on economic equality, on all of these things that the church is, is really, really fantastic about it. And I, and I witnessed this in Sudan. Um, the, the Catholic church that was there, the nuns and the priests who were on the ground in Sudan providing services, were fantastic. They gave wholly of themselves. And I think there are so many great things that the Catholic Church does. And I think if the Church can return to and focus on and prioritize this message of love, it changes the dialogue completely. Um, and I think that's, that's what needs to happen. It's, it's, I don't expect the Church to change its teachings, but I do expect that the Church that I'm a part of, that I support, is willing to say, above all else, that, the, that everyone should love. Period. If Matthew came to us and said he had found a partner and say they wanted to get married, I, I think my husband and I, I know my husband and I, would want to love that person um, just like he would. I'd marry him because I can marry people in my house. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, come on, I'll marry you. That'd be great. But, you know, um, our faith again preach, or teaches us that we should love people and accept people, and that's what I would want for him, someone that really truly loved him and he loved equally and wants to spend his life with. I would be overjoyed to know that he had someone in his life that he truly loved and loved him in return. I would hope that the Catholic Church definitely has a dialogue about this and the fact that they need to just become more accepting of people. I mean, we're a church based on love, and how can we say that we're a loving, accepting faith if we don't accept certain people because that's the way they are? Um, the world has changed. Society has changed. People have changed. The way people live has changed through over 2,000 years. And, you know, Lots of things have to change in our lives. And I think this dialogue really needs to happen to make the church more welcoming and accepting of all kinds of people. You know, you know I talked about our store, about changing. That store's been there 86 years, and it hasn't been 2,000 years, but it's been 86 years. But we've had a change throughout, throughout the world, throughout the time because of the fact that you know, everything does change. People change, so our product line has changed. We have to do that. If not, we would have died, died a long time ago. So by updating and keeping things fresh, and making changes, we survive. And I think the church needs to start doing that. I think what's interesting is that the Catholic Church probably thinks that it is accepting of gay people because its message is Gay people exist and we should love them and not discriminate against them. But because the church also tells gay people essentially that they need to be celibate, what the church is saying is you cannot live fully. You can be gay, but you can't live that life. And so that inherently is discriminatory. If 
one of my friends came up and said their child was gay. I said, the first thing is, love your child. I mean, it doesn't make any difference if they're gay or heterosexual. They're still your child, and you need to love and support that kid. The church that my sons attends has a very strong LGBT group. And so one summer, like two or three summers ago, he was in charge of putting together a group to come um, up to the lake area that is near our home. And so, like as a weekend retreat. So they were traveling up and he said, you know, could we maybe come to your house and have dinner on Saturday night? And so we've always had a very welcoming home. We welcome everybody regardless of who they are. And so um, we said, well, certainly, you're more than welcome to bring them over. So he came with the group from church. Um, there was probably like maybe 20 of them. And we just had a big barbecue in our backyard. I even think some of our family came down, maybe a couple friends helped us put, you know, cook and get everything together. But we just loved have, meeting his friends. Um, you know, they're like, they're part of his family. I mean, he lives in New York now, he's four hours from us. So he has an extended family here and we wanna be a part of that. We wanna know who his friends are and, and want them to be welcome in our home just as anybody would be welcome in our home. And so now it's become like a tradition every summer when they come up to the lake area for a weekend retreat, they come to our house on Saturday night for dinner. And we've met some wonderful, wonderful people. Um, they're like our kids coming home for the weekend, you know? And we love to have them. I mean, it was great. I mean, to see them come up there. And I said, our house, we've always liked to entertain anyways. And it's good to have these, the kids coming up. And I said, last year, I said, let's do steak and, let's do a steak and bake, or a lobster and, and steak, which we did, it was great. I cooked 20 lobsters for them. It was, it was super, and I, we have a great time with them. And, you know, of course, then they get into the limoncello, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's great to have them, and we just love them all. I said, if they're, if they're friends of Matthew's, they're our friends. One time we came down here um, to a function at the church, and then um, some of us went out afterwards. And we, we were all, we were, my husband and I were sitting there with all these you know, people, LGBT people from the church, this gay, wonderful gay group of men and women. And one of the men came over to me and he said to me, you know, I, it just makes me so happy to see you here with all of us talking. He goes, he was from um, Columbia, I believe. And he said, you know, I could never bring my mother to anything like this because you would never accept this. And I thought, it's great. I felt very, um, very emotional kind of about that because I kind of felt bad for him that he couldn't have that relationship with his mother. But at the same time, I was very um, kind of overwhelmed that he thought that was such a wonderful thing that we did and we wouldn't think anything about it because we want to be a it's part of this. It's second nature to us. It's, it's part, you know, it's not a big deal. And, you know, we, we would expect to be there. We've always supported our kids. I would hope that any parent, regardless, would want to support their child and love their child for who they were. If you asked me when I was coming out to my parents as a 22-year-old kid at that kitchen table, if 10 years later I would be bringing a group of 20 gay friends, gay friends from Catholic Church in New York City, back to my parents' house for a barbecue, I would never have believed that that would have been a possibility. If there are gay kids anywhere in the world who are struggling to accept their, their sexuality because they're concerned about what their family's reaction will be, particularly the family's reaction related to their Catholicism or to their faith, I think 
it's so important for that kid to know, again, above all else, that that kid is loved, that kid was made by God to be exactly who they are, there is nothing, nothing wrong with that kid. Um, and that the, I, I think it, there's lots of different definitions of family. Family can be the, the people that you're born into, it can be a, a chosen family. Um, but uh, the family is one that accepts you and loves you, that treats you equally, and that, that loves you exactly who you are and fully for who you are, and all parts of who you are. And so if your biological family does not accept you, know that there is a greater family that does. And I think that's what the Catholic Church should provide. The Catholic Church should be that family for someone who does not feel accepted. And it's in fact doing the opposite right now. And that's what the Catholic Church needs to return to.